Like Chris, it's a finale, man. You gotta do finale type stuff. This is the one that last episode was a penultimate episode, and now it's like the grand, you know. We should have said the draft. fireworks. We should have said the draft for this for this yeah. episode. Nah, nah, draft is penultimate. It's like the battle of the bastards. <laughs> I have no clue what you're saying. Or or, or <laughs> yeah. you know, battle of the bastards, or or the war. Uh, where all the White Walkers killed everybody, and then they raised them up. Yeah. That was a penultimate episode. It's like those big, like, whoa. Yeah. And then you have your finale. You feel alive, let's hit the dance floor. Don't work too hard, my break a backbone. Return of the Mac, the king is back, though. Corvette and cash, I never lacked those. She saw the stone, you know how that go. Fatality, my diamonds that cold. Versace chunks, I hit my backstroke. Knock on the door. She at the back, bro. Welcome to First and 15, the only podcast that's trying to get you paid. I'm here with two-time FFPC champion AB. Next to him is my guy, Dio the Machine. Guys, we've been drafting since around May, early May. Really, AB has been drafting since early May. Mm, The landscape has changed since then. How have you guys not only have changed drafting, but let's talk about uh, this first waiver run, which is over now. Have you guys retooled your teams already? Who are you looking to drop? Who are you looking to pick up on the waivers? Since the episode is going to come out after this first waiver run, Feel free to uh, drop some jewels on us. I right? you got another one on Sunday. Yeah, we, said we, got, we got two waiver runs. Yeah. We, can't, we, we can't give it all up. No. We still got shit. We might have to pick them up next week. Nah, I mean, there's, you know, there's obvious names on the list. All you got to do is take a look at the uh, ADP, ADP board mm-hmm. uh, from May and take a look at the ADP board today. Yeah. Uh, you know, guys have emerged. Other guys have fallen. Um, you know, situations have become a little bit clearer. And then week one's gonna happen, and you know none of that's really gonna matter at all. So right, I mean, right. personally, I just can't wait until Thursday, until this weekend. Uh, I yeah. literally cannot wait. I am tired of takes. I'm tired of opinions, myself included. <laughs> I just want to see games. Okay, yeah. so uh, but yeah, I think you know early on, uh, going back and kind of doing a self audit of my teams. Uh, this year, I think I am glad that I drafted a bit earlier. Uh, I'm glad that I got in the dynasty a little bit earlier. Dale, I appreciate you for uh, pushing me over that ledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's definitely uh, taking on a life of its own, uh, but it allowed me to become more acquainted with uh, a lot of the rookies. Uh, you know, in the incoming class, I, I watched a lot of film and developed opinions of my own. And this was pre-draft. So guys like Damian Pierce that I was asking you questions about whether or not mm-hmm. I should pick him up, you know, before the NFL draft and seeing his landing spot or, you know, being high on guys like Wondell Robinson, you know, I was able to get those guys very early on in the draft season, very late, just because I felt like I believed in their talent and seeing kind of where the NFL is going as far as, you know, incorporating and bringing rookies along a little bit sooner uh, you know, than, than years past, I felt a little bit more comfortable, especially when I'm taking those guys so late. So, uh, you know, having guys like, you know, you know, Wandell we talked about, or even Romeo Dubs, uh, it's, you know, for me, like that's been a huge advantage. And then there are guys where the situation wasn't as clear. And I think we talked about it and, you know, in our first couple of episodes that these are really the situations that we, we were trying to key in on early and we were trying to, you know, figure out and then, you know, ideally trying to target and draft. And so, you know, anyone from like a Chase Edmonds going in like the ninth, tenth round or even a Moster going in the 13th, 14th, 15th round, uh, you know, just guys like that where you can like now pull those guys from your bench 
uh, and, and so, you know, and, and start them uh, immediately or like have that just extra uh, depth on the bench. So and then the last thing, you know, mentioned is uh, I think we all kind of, you know, approached injuries in a similar fashion this year, you know, each case being different. But we were trying to really avoid the Dobbinses of the world, especially more specifically when they were going in the fourth and fifth round. Mm -hmm. And by doing that, you know, we were able to grab Mike Williams, Cortland Sutton, DJ Moore early on in the fifth round mm -hmm. and pairing them with a Kamara in the third round. And, and so you got some of these teams that, again, we don't know what's going to happen, uh, you know, come December, come January. But uh, for me, at least it's a nice good start. So that's a long winded answer. Uh, uh, but I don't know. What, what's your thoughts, Dale? I agree with everything you said. Yeah. Um, I definitely feel like the teams I drafted earlier were my better teams. Mm -hmm. Not yeah. all of them, because yeah. some of my some of my um, takes or not takes, but some of the people I was on initially, I changed on pretty quickly. Yeah, the more I kind of looked deeper into it, I remember the first draft. I, I really only drafted because Abby had been drafting, and I just wanted to kind of dip my toes in the water a little yeah. bit. And I just jumped in the draft. FOMO. Hadn't, th hadn't looked at <laughs> rankings, haven't thought about, you know, situations. I just want to kind of get a feel of the landscape of the yeah. boards because, you know, we're always talking about studying boards and kind of seeing how things fall. Um, I just kind of want to get in a groove. So I did that. You know, it wasn't my best team. I had a, a fair amount of picks I still like, but um, I think by that fourth draft I did, I was like, okay, I got a good feel of it. Yeah. And, and, again, the point that you made as far as you being able to get these guys um, back then at such discount – I, I won't even say they're discounted prices because that's what yeah. their price was at that time. Yeah. It wasn't a discount. It's just that their price increased quite a bit since then. Yeah. Um, one thing that I did kind of realize um, that I need to kind of take into account going into draft season next year is um, in our early drafts, the players that were in – kind of mysterious situations yeah. mm -hmm. as far as, you know, we might feel it might go a certain way, but we also think it could easily go another way yeah. or or we were maybe nervous somebody else was going to come and just kind of yeah. change the situation. Players like that were gotten at a, a really late price, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. or cheap prices. Yeah. While the players that there was certainty of, of yeah. those are the guys that was going high. Mm -hmm. um, and then as the offseason kind of progressed, those Players that we had, you know, a little bit of amb ambiguity as far as question yeah. mystery, they started to rise up the draft boards. And that's, somebody like a Chase Edmonds, yeah, you know, right, somebody right. like um, Kamara, you yeah, know, mm -hmm. um, somebody like a, a Romeo Dobbs. You know, I wasn't on Romeo Dobbs. I going through Dynasty, I did recall feeling that maybe Dobbs was the better wide receiver out of the wide receivers the Packers yeah. picked. Mm -hmm. um, and that kind of let me know, be aware of who he was. But he was a guy that going super late. Lazard. Yeah, Lazar, Lazar, you know, he was going super late too. And once yeah. A-Rod started saying that's the wide receiver one, he shot yeah. up. Mm -hmm. Of course, Damian Pierce, we don't really yeah. have to speak on him, but you yeah. saw how he shot up. So yeah. these players that, you know, you were drafting early in these situations where, yeah, you know, there's not a true def defined yeah. role as far as what they're going to play. You can get, a, a, get <clears throat> such these discounted rates that now you're looking back, you're like, wow, these teams that I was drafted earlier yeah. stacked. You yeah. know, so yeah. I definitely do agree with that. Yeah, and yeah. that's how, and that and this that was one thing I wanted to change with my approach this year, knowing that I was going to start drafting in May, was to really take a look at the board and circle and highlight guys that I felt whose ADP was going to rise. Mm -hmm. uh, and those were the guys that I was targeting. And I still think there are guys that are going a little bit later. 
uh, in drafts, you know, uh, that so potentially. Well, I know, well, you know, over. yeah, like someone like Kadarius Tony, you know, we saw, you know, oh, yeah, you know he was going, yeah, he was going in the eighth, ninth round uh, at times uh, throughout the offseason. Um, and then we saw his ADP really rise, I think almost to the point where it got to like the uh, back end of the sixth, uh, oh, early wow. seventh. And now uh, we're seeing it drop again. And it's just because his name has just not been hurt. You know, you're not hearing his name. And then we mm-hmm. know that he was down for, an, you know, he was out for an injury for a period of time. We haven't seen him in preseason. And that's right, the thing. Right. You know, if you're not hearing a player's name or you're not hearing much about him, like these players just tend to drop just by mm-hmm. like, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, out of sight, out of mind. Exactly, exactly. And so he's someone now, like I you know, literally, you know, just grabbed in the main event. You know, he's going basically in the eighth round now. Mm-hmm. And so he's someone I'm kind of targeting on my board as far as like, okay, you know, if I'm trying to build a team and I like want to take early stabs at tight end and quarterback, like that's a guy that I may circle and say, okay, here's a guy that, you know, I'm willing to put my chips on as far as like a flex mm-hmm. could really provide something. And yeah. then knowing I compare him with like a Wandell Moore, or uh, Wandell Robinson, like th- those are good options. Yeah. Now on the flip side, and this kind of kind of leads into what we even what was even the reason you brought this question up. Yeah. Uh, there are certain players I did draft earlier in the game that now looking back, especially now that we're doing waivers, mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, let me kind of get Gronk. these guys off my roster. Yeah. I don't want to say I was wrong on them, yeah. but because yeah. these every player has value, so right. they still have yeah. value. But I just think there's other players. Yeah. They're on the waiver wire that I think has more value than them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so it's not like I just want to discard them because I think they're trash. Just more so I'm just weighing the balance of value. You know, this guy, yeah. I put this guy in my lineup or on my bench. You give me one more bag out of my buck. We were talking about Deontay Foreman. Oh, um, okay. And you know, people might still have a strong feeling as far as Deontay Foreman being the direct handcuff to C Mac. So if C Mac was to go down, mm-hmm. which he's done the last couple of years. And we've seen that backup running back position for the Panthers be valuable. Mm-hmm. Then Foreman is is a, is a great pickup, which I'm not going to totally disagree on. Mm-hmm. I think why I'm starting to waver now is um, I think Chuba Hubbard. I think we were kind of too early in saying he was out mm-hmm. of the picture. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I think he'll be involved. Um, I agree. Right. So so with Chuba Hubbard still being around and them utilizing him as much as they did during this offseason. The the shine on Foreman isn't as bright anymore. Yeah, you know, for me, you know, yeah. it's almost where I could go Foreman or Hubbard. Which, and then with that being said, if C Mac was to go down, I wouldn't be surprised if they actually do use both those running yeah. backs. Yeah. So if that's the case, the value of who I, or where I was taking Foreman back in, you know, your June, July, that's not the same place I have him now. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. it kind of made me say, you know what, I'm not, I'm not really feeling Foreman right now, and I was actually going to drop him a fair amount of my team. Yeah, I decided against it. Um, but he's a guy that I'm not as high on anymore. And I, I did a draft um, within this past week, and I saw he was going as late as, like, the 18th yeah. round. Yeah, he's going pretty where, late. Where, you know, back in June, he was going as early as, like, the 13th, 14th round. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, so. He was, people were kind of seeing him as a high-end right. handcuff. And mm-hmm. it's not just like, you know, okay, who are you dropping him? Because you're not just wanting this to, you know, have 19 roster spots in an FFPC or one less roster spot in whatever mm-hmm. league. It's who are you dropping them for? Right. Uh, and so I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah. Uh, Ronk was a big one for me. I definitely took that uh, that. Yeah. Roll of the dice uh, and crapped out. Uh, who knows? He may come back though. There was there was the uh, you know a couple of reports of Grady. <laughs> were you, uh, you drafting Deshaun Watson? Not really. Yeah, not yeah. really. I maybe have like one share or so, okay. one or two shares at max. Are you going to try to pick him up? Uh, no, nah, it's too early for me. So at some point you're going to try to pick him up. 
Uh, I don't even know. It just been, I guess it depends on my – this year, because of how late or in deep the QB room was, mm-hmm. there, are, there are not a lot of teams where I feel like Deshaun Watson would be very helpful. Yeah. I mean, if he's out there and I got the roster spot and I feel like, okay, maybe he can be a difference maker, yeah, of course. But he's not going to be someone like I'm targeting at this juncture in time knowing he's going to be out 11 games. I don't even think he's rosterable regardless of the situation at all. Yeah. Me either. I think he's mm-hmm. going to come back way too late. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I do know there was a time where a lot of people were drafting him, yeah. especially after the news came out that he was going to be gone for just six yeah. games. Yeah. You know, yeah. people were taking him. So I just kind of wonder those players that are have him on their ro- or have him on their roster, what are they going to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are they going to drop him or are they going to ride it out? Yeah. Um, and I think he's the only player because uh, PUP used to be six games, but now it's four games. So mm-hmm. those players yeah. are coming back pretty soon. D-Hop's injury is, I mean, uh, suspension is six games? Six, six, games, games. six games. games. He's going to yeah. come back and, you yeah. know, he'll be fine. So I think it's really Watson is the one player that people have to decide, are they going to mm-hmm. ride him out? Or even, yeah. not even him, but also uh, Jamison Williams. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like yeah. people have to decide because yeah. he is being drafted pretty much across the board. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will tell you one thing about Warriors. I didn't really put any high bids on anyone maybe there's like a league or two out there uh, nobody where, yeah maybe there's like a league or two out there uh where you know if we have like a thousand dollar budget maybe i put up like 80 90 dollars but i mean that's that was like a rarity that was the highest you went that mm-hmm. was like a rarity i think most leagues like i was really because what i was saying is that you know you can get excited about a guy and that's the thing is like when we're doing I know waivers where this is coming from yeah <laughs> you know, this is marquez callaway <laughs> okay i get it now <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I get yeah, it. No. Okay, yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, yeah, learn your lessons. But I, yeah. you know, and I'm and I'm not approaching every situation. But I, I, I did look at the landscape, and I didn't see that there was like one guy I had to get, even someone yeah. like an Isaiah Pacheco, mm-hmm. because there's just no certainty there. Yeah, I cooled so, off on him a whole bunch. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. essentially, what I did was like, okay, is there a need on this team? If there was like a strong need and a strong player. Let me put out that eighty to ninety dollar bid, but there yeah. was that was a rarity because what I saw was like when I took a step back. Mm-hmm. Say, I, say you know, say it was a Gronk team, and maybe you know the only tight end I have is Ingram or even a Hooper. I think I got one team where it's just Same Hooper. Here, yeah. uh, you know, obviously, like early on, Isaiah Likely is out there. I didn't want to like blow my fab on Isaiah Likely. You mm-hmm. know, he's right now he's that kind of hot name, and mm-hmm. yeah, he could do good, but like. They still have Mark Andrews, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. They still have Rashad Bateman. Mm-hmm. What is that? What is the third they still option? Still have Lamar Jackson throwing the ball. Yeah. yeah. What is the third option in that receiving <laughs> that game yeah. ever yeah. done? You yeah. know. So outside of being like you know a really strong handcuff, like do I really want to blow my fab on that? And then I'm looking at okay, there's more. By the way, house. don't forget about Devin Duvernay. Don't okay. sleep mm-hmm. on him. Other Ravens. Yeah. But so, like, I'm looking at this situation where it's like, okay, Isaiah Likely's out there, mm-hmm. but so is Mo Alley Cox. And that's what Brevin I was jo- Mo, Yeah, no. uh, Brevin Jordan in a couple mm-hmm. leagues, and then our boy Conklin. So I'm like, if I really, really think John hard. Smith. Yeah, and I try to think about the first four weeks of the season as far as, like, what the production may look like, mm-hmm. you could easily see any one of those four guys outproducing yeah, the pack. Oh, yeah. So, mm-hmm. so why spend, yeah, yeah, so why spend, like, 80 to $90 on uh, likely, knowing I'm only going to put two to three dollars in for Mo Alley, two to three for Brevin. Why are you even trying to pick up likely? I'm just saying, you mm-hmm. know. But I'm using an example. Let me ask you this: I'm using an example, but essentially, but that so that's that's kind of how I approach the waiver wire. If there was like a large tier player and it wasn't a strong need, it was just two to three dollar bids, well, let me, let me fifteen to twenty dollar bids here and there. Let's speak on waivers yeah. a little bit. If there was a guy that you really liked, yeah. Let, let's just let me just throw a name out there. Yeah. If freaking Damian Pierce was out there. Yeah. On one of your waiver wires. Yeah. How high would you be willing to, to 
that would be dependent on the team. That would be dependent on the team. And, and I know it's early, and I know injuries can happen, and that he can be, maybe be helpful down the road. But say, say I had three running backs that I felt really good about, mm-hmm. like you know, two running backs that I got like in the first four rounds, okay, mm-hmm. or first five rounds, uh, and then a running back I got like round six, seven. You know, mm-hmm. it's just kind of you know pick who, whatever names. So I got three running backs that I really like. Um, I'm I'm not gonna blow my fab. But, on but, but so, give me a number. How much are you like? I may put. What are you like, comfortable doing? I probably for a situation like that, you know, price and force. I may put in like two twelve. Two twelve. Okay. That's like my so, yeah. That's, so that's like my like price and force end. build. Your top end. Yeah. If I right yeah now. now if it's a zero RB team RB build team and I, like I like I need a running back. Then I'm gonna go heavy on it. How, what's heavy? That's what I'm asking. Like I can't give that out. Okay, you want to give it? Okay, that's fine. That's wait, fine. wait, no. So if I, I guess if I'm I, trying to see what's the highest you would go on a probably player. Probably like you know, I'd probably be looking at like six to seven hundred. Okay, Ooh. so seventy percent of your sixty to seventy percent. of Sixty your, to seventy percent of my budget off top for a Pierce on a zero RB for, build for team. a great player. I mean, you, you can put any player in there. Well, that's the difference. So say like Alexander Madison was on the waiver. No, no, that's, and, no I'm not. Ta- I'm talking about a great player, like somebody where. For for instance, for teams that you drafted early, yeah, probably wasn't being drafted, but then now he's being drafted like in the. the but that's what I'm saying. Round. Say it was like a handcuff, and the, that person, you know, and the starter got injured. So now they are like, it's like a pretty obvious situation yeah, that they're yeah. going to be there. Like someone like that, 70%. yeah, I go, I go like seventy, eighty percent. Okay, that's yeah, cool. Yeah. So so you'll blow the majority of your fab on a. Hell, on I go ninety percent if I have to. Okay. That's so cool. yeah. so so let's say that it's a zero RB team. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor goes down. Naheem Hines is there. You'd blow. I'd blow 80 to 90%. 80 to 90%. So, Ooh. what's interesting, though, about everything you just said? Because is I got, I got, now I got potentially, anyway, 16 to 17 weeks of Naheem Hines. Yeah. You know? So, and then the rest of the way, I just got to manage my budget. And I don't have to necessarily worry about waivers because I got most of my money gone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <laughs> that's, that's like a mental load, just like. <laughs> <laughs> so, so from again, from just hearing you talk about this whole thing, yeah. are I guess what I t- took from that is you determine your waiver wire ads by your your current structure of your team. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, I think I, I'm different in that fact that it really doesn't even matter what type of team I have. If I see a good player on the waiver wire, I'm gonna go yeah. pick him up. Yeah. I got I, like honestly across all my teams, it's probably gonna be the same type of players I'm picking up because mm-hmm. I'm all about collecting talent. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I agree. You know, so I agree. so whether it's if I have a team where it's zero running back, like I only have like three running backs, yeah. and I saw Pierce, I'll put a certain amount of fab up. If I have a team where I have eight running backs, yeah, I'm gonna put probably the same amount of fab for somebody like a Pierce because okay. for me it's about gotcha. getting yeah. that talent on my team because yeah, again for me it's a game of attrition. Guys mm-hmm. get hurt. Yeah. Um, just because you have players on your team that are filling certain roles doesn't mean a player that's available won't fill that role better. Mm-hmm. By for instance, if you have like um, Travis Etienne, yeah, mm-hmm. a great running back, right? Mm-hmm. According to the, the way we're drafting, right. he's starting to give me 15 points a game. Yeah, that's pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then I have somebody else that I can pick up that can probably give me 19 or 20. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go try to get that guy, and I'm gonna put Etienne on my bench. Mm-hmm. You know, while other teams probably have Etienne, they're starting him. Yeah. For me, it's about just collecting the talent, and then mm-hmm. and then the last point is again, remember this is a a competition mm-hmm. across thousands of teams. So you don't want anybody else to get bingo. Yeah. You know, I'm not trying to make uh, allow somebody else to get stronger. Yeah, you know, I'm almost yeah. playing a little bit of defense. Like, okay, if if 
I can't use them. I'm not going to let you use them to be able to not only beat me, but get ahead of me on the field. So, again, that, that's just kind of interesting that you said, you know, your waiver yeah. wire is determined by yeah. as far as your it bill. Is, so. It is, it uh, is. Let's stay with the Jags for a second because reports are coming out that uh, Robinson is going to have no limitations. We've been drafting ETN, what? Did they say it's no limitations? That's what they said? It says no limitations. It might get a heavy workload. You said that the coach or some beat reporter said something? Uh, Let's look at it. Uh, I mean, that's interesting if they said no limitations because he hasn't got any. That's what Doug Peterson said. No limitations? No limitations. It might get a heavy workload. He said that too? Yeah. So hmm. let's think about where where we're drafting ETN since since we're talking about the Jags for a second, where where we've been drafting ETN, and where Robinson Robinson is one of those players that might still mm-hmm. be undrafted. Yeah, um, not undrafted certain, but undervalued. In those early leagues, he might be still undrafted. I mean, because at that time know. we didn't think that he was going to be back nearly this this fast. early yet. But I think he's probably still being drafted. But you might be right. So so let's think about the Jags for a second. How do you guys feel about ETN? Do you feel comfortable about, you know, starting him immediately? Or is he one of those guys that you essentially have to wait and see? I love the story. Mm-hmm. I love the story. I'll put it this way. I'm getting in draft just to draft ETN. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I love the story. Like, yeah. I love the story. This dude coming off an Achilles, barely practiced, like, yeah. has not played in a game in God knows how long. He's supposed to get a heavy workload week one. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, all we're hearing about is the most explosive player in camp is ETN. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I have zero shares of James Robinson. No, thank you. He wasn't the most explosive back to begin with. Yeah. Now you're coming off an early Achilles. Mm-hmm. How has that fared for anybody coming off an Achilles? Like anybody, name you name me one person coming back from Achilles who's looked good that first year. Who's even come back the first year? Yeah, I mean mm-hmm. outside of Cam Akers last year, but it wasn't at the beginning of the season. But yeah, how he look? Yeah, I mean, it was towards the end of the season. Like, how he, he looked look? decent. decent, decent, decent. No, he looked like trash. Eh, okay? He was okay. He like was trash. No, he was not. He was trash. He was serviceable during Serviceable? The- yeah, he was serviceable. You clearly did not have any acres on your playoffs. No, 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 no. Actually, I didn't have any acres on that. Yeah. No, but personally for me, yeah. Like this, I think, you know, because you saw ETN get as high as literally, I think, like the late second, like early third. So nice falling to the back end of the third, fourth. Um, so this is like when I've been like trying to get my ETN shares. Before it was a little too high. Now, like with some of the wide receivers that I like being pushed ahead of him, uh, and the wide receivers coming after him, kind of being in its own tier. And there's a running back tier that I'm just like, you know, when I'm in these large field tournaments, I just don't necessarily feel comfortable drafting in at that three four turn. ETN's like to me like a guy that I'm willing to take a stab. The upside <clears throat> there to me is 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 tremendous. So when ETN Early draft season, when ETN was being drafted, he's actually going in more like the fifth round, yep. maybe even the fourth round. Yep. And then this hype started to build around him. People got really excited. I'm not well, remember, sure. remember, he was coming off a of list, Frank, and no one knew like how healthy he was. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it was his okay. first, and it was his first year off the list, Frank. So yeah. people were like weren't quite sure. And then okay. once so he that's saw that he was what healthy, the was. he sh- because he shot something up. kind of shot his ADP yeah. up, and he was going yeah. like you were saying, early third is. As early as the, the second round. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Full disclosure, I never drafted ETN when he was going in the fifth. Yeah. And I for sure wasn't drafting him when he was going in the third. You know? Yeah. Um, but kind of like what you're saying, I, w- I wasn't jumping the drafts to get ETN. Yeah. Yeah. But the drafts I, I was in when I did see him go late, I was eventually not targeting him because now his yeah. price was back to where it was when the drafts were st- still going on. And I value drafts. So for me, I was looking at it as. Um, 
I mean, Etienne is going at such a discount at this moment, mm -hmm. and if he's as talented as everybody thinks he is, uh, why not get him now and have a, a loaded yeah. roster where I can actually benefit from him? Mm -hmm. um, so I got, you know, a, a, a trace amount of shares. Uh, it's not too crazy. Now, as far as whether I feel comfortable starting him, yes. Yes, because I think Etienne's game and James Robinson's game is different regardless, yeah. whether, even if James Robinson was healthy. I think ETN, and we spoke on this last year because yeah. remember we had the ETN discussion. I was yeah. how ETN is coming into his rookie season, um, and Abby was looking at him more like he was going to be like a wide receiver, right? No, no, no. I was, I'm still not a really a, you know I've never been an ETN fan, but I I don't necessarily have to be a fan of the player. It's kind of like Rashad White, right? If I you know because I do value situation. So me looking at this situation, I like Snoop Connor, but he's a rookie. And someone and the other running back is coming off an Achilles, and there's nobody else. This is a team that I do see being in negative game scripts. Right, right, I'm doing it the same way as Swift. But I'm just talking about kind of how, what we were discussing last year. And I think um, part of the discussion we were having last year was when um, Urban Meyer drafted him. They were talking about, especially when he first started practicing with the team, they were talking about practicing him a lot with the receivers, you know, running yeah. routes and things like that. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, because I remember you were still kind of saying you were liking James Robinson because I felt like James Robinson was going to be phased out. Yeah, um, that was my issue. I felt like he wasn't going to have enough role right, given right. where he was going so, in drafts. Yeah. So now looking at Tra Travis Etienne now, I still think he is in place to have that receiving role for the team. Um, and we're talking about PPR leagues, which is the majority of the leagues we play in. I think Etienne is still going to have tremendous value. I think the Jaguars are still going to be a team that is going to be coming from behind quite a bit. He still has that rapport with Trevor Lawrence, his college teammate. And, I mean, yeah, we're getting these great reports coming out now, but James Robinson is coming off that major injury. So I see ETN as far as still having value, especially in the fifth round, regardless of what we're hearing about James Robinson. Well, I think he's going more in the fourth now, Abby. Mm -hmm. ETN, like early fourth, mid fourth? Uh, yeah, late third, early fourth. Okay, okay. It's still kind of high, but you know, definitely not as high as it was. But this before. is the thing, though, you know, because uh, it's not just it's we can't just say that he's going in the uh, late third, early fourth. You also have to compare where other players are going around him. Like mm -hmm. the board is tightened up. Mm -hmm. This is about as tight as it's gonna get, as far as like because we're only a couple of literally, you know, less than a day away from the NFL season. Like mm -hmm. we've gotten all the information that we've gotten, you know, and so ADPs, you know, just kind of everybody's consensus. There's gonna be players here or there that we like feel are wrong or misappropriately priced, but for the most mm -hmm. part, it's tight. So like before, like if you know, I would have still taken like a Cortland Sutton, a DJ Moore over him, you know. Uh, but now, like those players are going ahead of him, right? And I'm looking at you know players, you know next players that I like on the board. I know I'll be able to get in the fourth round. Mm -hmm. So players that I'm not a fan of are getting pushed down, and players that I was a fan of are getting pushed up. So, all right. So let's talk about the Ravens for a second. Lamar has given uh, the organization a deadline of Friday. Um, to kind of hammer out this contract situation. If he does not get this contract extension, do you guys still feel the same way about Lamar? Do you think he's going to play the same? Oh, my gosh, and, Chris. And, well, like this – I mean, like this matters. <laughs> like he has a lot to risk. I mean, like with his playing style, maybe he's not going to be well, running this was your, as much. Well, this was your Dak argument. To me, I, I approach this no, as No, no, like, no, no. My Dak – that's totally different. My Dak argument is that now that he got paid, he's not going to try to show out as much because – he already got his money, and then the team themselves are going to probably try to put a little bit more bubble wrap on him, tell him not to go crazy because they've invested so much okay. in him. This situation with Lamar is actually kind of similar to the situation when Dak had that great season. 
before he got hurt yeah. or he had that five-game stretch where he went crazy because yeah. he was still playing for that contract. But, again, the reason why this whole question is annoying to me because nothing's going to change with Lamar, man. Lamar's Lamar. Yeah, he's going to play. He's going to be He's going to be who he is. I mean, you can, yeah, number one, change, he's just right? you, you can't change your instincts, okay? Uh, two, the <laughs> offense is based on he, him, he's based not, around him running. He's not yeah. going to hold out. He's not like, gonna he's hold going to no. play. Yeah. He's not going to not play as hard because he still wants to show everybody he's the guy. You got to play for that contract. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but the, but the thing is, like without that contract, like are you really going like if you feel like a twinge, like if something is, you know, like it's just Ailing, but, but, like, but are, are you really going to push yourself look, the same way? We just watched Deshaun Watson sit out an entire season and be suspended for damn near almost an entire season mm-hmm. and get paid the highest and that's what's ever up. of a QB but, but the thing about and a guaranteed contract. They so, clearly yes, don't want to pay him that. But I'm saying, even if he does get hurt, he's still going to get paid. But, yeah, but, but it may even, not be the same but, thing. But the problem is if Lamar goes out there and, and starts to put out bad tape as far as not showing he, he's actually putting a full effort – his the value of the contract for him is gonna go down, and I think he I just got so. like I think it he just will. Got, didn't he just get like a Ravens tattoo on his chest? That don't sound yeah, like I think he's had that. He's had that for a while. That's okay, not new. Right. but yeah, it, that's you're not you're not gonna say you're not gonna say this is what y'all willing to pay me. Now I'm gonna just cakewalk the season, and yeah. now I I want you to pay me even more. No, if you if you want them, to, why not? Because you're, you're tanking your value. You know? No, no, but y'all don't have a cho- y'all don't have a choice. Like, get rid they, of me. Then. No, they do have a choice. They can franchise oh. tag him twice. Right, right, and and you see what that happened, and you see how that worked out with Kirk Cousins. Yeah, like they got what. I mean, keep in mind, keep in mind, if the Raisins have decided they're not going to pay Lamar what he, Lamar wants, then essentially they they already can start to say, let's start to plan for post Lamar. Yeah, I, I don't. So, I don't so if that. you give yourself three years this year yeah. while he's under contract. Two more franchise years that give you plenty of time to actually find what you're going to do when Lamar is gone. Because again, they're right. deciding not to pay him. If they really believe Lamar was the guy, if they really, if they really believe Lamar was the guy that they needed, then they will most likely give him whatever he wants. But there's a, a battle going on, and I actually talked about this with my friends in my group chat earlier today. All of this to me. And I'm making an assumption because obviously nobody's been on record, but all of this, honestly, to me, is all about the guarantee part of the contract. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Lamar wants, absolutely. likely wants fully, a contract fully. that's fully guaranteed mm-hmm. like Deshaun absolutely. Watson has, while owners, because I think it's almost to some extent collusion, mm-hmm. owners are saying, no, that contract was ridiculous. That's an yeah. outlier. Mm-hmm. We're not going to use that as a precedent, which mm-hmm. is really what this boils down yeah. to. And we're going to give you a contract more like, what the two other quarterbacks that got paid after Watson got, and mm-hmm. some and really some owners can't do that because they have to like they have to have that money in escrow for like yeah. if it's guaranteed. So some you know not all organizations are Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys. So some of them like may not be able to do that. So I, I you know it'll get worked out. It'll get worked uh, out. Let's stay on the Ravens for a second because in an interview, Lamar sort of dropped some news or, you know, broke news by saying that, hey, like he hopes to get Dobbins back after a couple weeks. Do you guys have plans in place? I know that we were talking about um, Mike Davis. How comfortable do you feel starting Mike Davis if you know that J.K. Dobbins is going to be out for a couple weeks? Um, First week, you know, it really just depends on who I have, but – I, if I if I needed to start him, uh, I would start him. Or if I felt like you know there was a questionable, you know, you, you draft somebody high, like say, like I would, I probably would start Mike Davis over Brees Hall first week. Mm. Like I, I likely would. Uh, I don't necessarily know that I had that choice or or because I don't really have a lot a lot of Brees Hall, but 
Yeah, I think I would start Mike Davis ahead of Brees Hall. Like, hmm. uh, it's the better O-line, the better offense. He's going to have more scoring opportunities. And Kenyon Drake just got there, and I dislike Kenyon Drake as a player to begin with. Uh, so I feel like, you know, in certain situations, I may just take, you know, what I get from Mike Davis and, and see where that goes and see where that gets me. He's probably going to be someone I'm going to be hard-pressed to start. I don't have, a, like, a lot of teams where I feel like I got to throw him in the lineup. But the thing about the Dobbins situation for me is that it may not just be the first week. It may be three or four weeks. Mm -hmm. So what I want to see with Mike Davis, and this may trick you a little bit and you make, you know, things may get a little dicey as weeks move on, but I want to see kind of what his role is the first week. Like, I want to see pretty much for everybody in the NFL. Mm -hmm. But if I see that he kind of has a certain role, he's getting a certain amount of touches, he looks pretty good. Because I, I do think he, he's a player over a four- or five-week, you know, game span that can really provide you some numbers, then, yeah, I'm willing to start him. And that offense with Lamar, they're in, a, they're, they're in the red zone so often that, like, it doesn't take much for him to fall into the end zone. You just need a TD. And he can catch the ball. He can play third down. Like, uh, I may start him. I may Let's start play him. a game real quick. Wait, <laughs> I, need a, I need a comment on this. No, 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 no. I want you to comment on this. Like, like all right. Mike Davis or Cam Akers? And and answer with uh, who would you start? Mike Davis or Cam Akers right now? Would I start week one? Mm -hmm. Mike Davis. All right. Mike but Davis. I still have to comment on this whole situation. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Okay. I want you to. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So, no, so, so, okay, Mike Davis so, or Cam Akers? Keep yeah. going. I want to see how far I know. I know. I know. But, but, but okay. The question you ask is if Dobbins is gone for these first two weeks, would you feel comfortable starting Mike first Davis? First few weeks. First few weeks. Would you yeah. feel comfortable starting Mike Davis? And my question to you is. If you didn't feel comfortable, why did you draft him in the first place? Because this is the time when you would play yeah. Mike Davis when mm -hmm. the starting running back is out. You're not going to play him when he's on the on the bench. You but know? that's yeah. why and, I wanted again, to play and, the and, game and, of who you're going to sit. <laughs> and, you know, now if you have better options, of course you're not going to draft. I mean, not going to put him in the Let's go through the better options. But, 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 if you don't, but if you don't have better <laughs> options on your in your yeah. roster – and you need somebody to fill that running back role or even a flex yeah. role. This is literally the time. Yeah. This is literally what you drafted Mike Davis for. Because remember what we said yeah. last week. Yep. Yep. After that that early stretch of him being the guy, yeah. we're not even going to really want to roster him. No, you know, really because drop, you got Drake like there. Yep. You got Drake there. <laughs> you got Justice Hill there, who are both uh, going to be pass catching options. And then Gus Edwards is eventually going to come back. I even saw something recently where Gus Edwards said, you know, um, uh, rehab is going great. I'll be back soon. Better than ever, you know. You know the typical mm -hmm. words, yeah. yeah. But you know that's irrelevant. But the point I'm making is he's coming back. Yeah. So you have Mike Davis on your team. All right. You wasted a draft a roster spot. Play the dude. Okay. All right. All right. So if you have Mike Davis, you're starting him over AJ Dillon. No. No. Come on. Man. <laughs> All right. Are you well, starting him over Etn? No. Are you you getting a little too high now? Yeah. Him you... Over Chase Edmonds. No. All right. Montgomery. No. All right. Well, then who are you starting with? If, if, if remember, you drafted yeah. him. But remember the, remember but the question. I'm going down the line. I, remember, about I'm, not Clyde, saying, Clyde. I'm not saying you CH. take somebody that's a good option yeah. out of your starting line to put Mike Agreed. Davis in. Agreed. What I'm saying is if you if you have a spot where you can put Mike Davis in your lineup and he's a be the better option, play him. CH. No. Uh, you're naming all these guys Ooh. that are, that are mm. running back ones on their team. On Amari Cooper. I'd probably start him over Cooper. Ooh, okay. I'd probably start him up with Cooper. Ooh, okay, okay. Just because I don't, I don't believe in Brissett. Yeah. And Christian Kirk. I probably start him over uh, Kirk. Really? Yeah. Elijah Moore. No. Okay. I like I'm Elijah say, Moore. Okay. I'm mm. say, I like Elijah right, Moore right. a lot. All right. Okay. All right. But again, 
begin. So we basically remember, looking remember, at we looking at just to, just to kind of you know tie this you know tie a bow on this. We're looking at like no no don't tie the bow yet. You named the one guy. <laughs> no, no, say your thing, but I got I gotta say one more thing though. So go ahead. I'm just saying, you know, if we're starting them over those guys right now, we're kind of looking at like a seven to eighth round value week by week. You know, because you you know guys that you're starting him over, are guys that are going in the sixth and seventh round. Okay, but I, but you again, know. what I said was. If you drafted him, <laughs> this is what you drafted him for. Otherwise, yeah. you wasted a draft a draft pick. And that goes back to like because this is what you're supposed to use him mm-hmm. for. That goes, mm-hmm. That's why. That's why there are certain players that I don't draft. People will always ask me, "Do you like this guy? Do you like this guy?" This is why I don't have a lot, a lot of players like Brandon Ayuk. Doesn't have mm-hmm. it had, to me. It doesn't have anything to do it's with Ayuk as a player. To start it's like yeah. for me personally. Some people, mm-hmm. some people will just you pick don't a player put like in that. Lineup. Yeah, some people are fine putting that guy in the lineup, knowing they can kind of you know deal with the uh, peaks and valleys. Mm-hmm. But to me, like his end of like season uh, mm-hmm. total points, and then obviously points for a game, like it's not high enough for me to take that risk. Right. Or I can do that with someone like a DK Metcalf. So I'm like, why put that pressure on myself? Well, if you did draft Ayuk, yeah, and say your wide receivers went down. You have to play him because that's yeah. what you drafted him for. That's what I'm saying. Like, but that, that's I, why team yeah. building is so important. Yeah. Like, don't just yeah. randomly draft guys just because they're pulling up on ADP yeah. or somebody. Or draft them later. Up. Like, I'll draft Ayuk later once yeah, I yeah. feel comfortable mm-hmm. with but, but my starting But Mike David, people were drafting yeah. him, you know, what, 15th to mm-hmm. 19th round? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is the time to play him. This, this is when those – I mean, unless you're just trying to, again, play defense. Now, if that's the case, okay, I get it. You just don't want another team having him on their roster. Yeah. Um, but if you draft him with the expectation to eventually utilize him, mm-hmm. this is the situation. Like yeah, yeah. it doesn't get any better than this. All right. So let's talk about um, Antonio. Bow tie. What a bow tie. Yeah. Let's talk about Antonio Gibson for a second. Um, his situation has kind of changed. Yeah, Brian Robinson, yeah. unfortunately, he might be going too late these days. Um, get shot in the leg. It, now, now we've gotten reports that says that it's in the glute and in his leg. Still, no timetable for for him to return. Um, how do you guys feel about starting Antonio Gibson now that Robinson is not behind him at least for this first week? Do you guys feel any differently about him? I feel like he's a great start. Hmm. I feel like he's a great start because I think they're playing the Jaguars this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Jaguars have an improved defense. They drafted quite a few star guys. The number one pick was a defensive guy, obviously, mm-hmm. but. Um, they're still a team that's most likely the underdog. Mm-hmm. And, you know, usually running backs on favorites tend to do well. Yeah. Now, that's not the only reason. Um, second reason is he's been the starting running back there. There's familiarity as far as holding that role down. McKissick has not been a guy that has typically done main running back duties. And there's no other guy there to split the pie. It's just between those two guys. Now, of course, yeah. they got somebody there, and it's probably somebody I don't even realize is on the team. I think Jared Patterson was released or waived, yeah. so yeah. he's not there. So somebody's there that you know. I'm Unless just he got picked up in the practice squad, which is yeah. But uh, at the moment, yeah. it's just the Gibson and McKissick show, show, and the goal line carries and the between the tackle carries most likely are going to go to Gibson. And the value that you can get Gibson at at the moment is so late. Now, because people really haven't adjusted the the drop in values ever since the Brian Robinson news came out, I think you can get him really late. And, and if you need to utilize him this week, he's a good. I think he's actually a great play. I think he's a great play. Um, yeah, so I just yeah. I just drafted Brian Robinson like pretty late, and 
we I, we don't know if he's really going to play. Um, I think he's going to play at some point. I do think so. I think you know you know the bullet missing ligaments and bones and things like that. I think yeah. he'll play, but you, but you don't. But this just kind of goes to your point about Antonio Gibson. Now I will say this: like I've been more excited now and have drafted more J D McKissick now mm-hmm. than I did. Oh, you late pre? Yeah, you late. Well, the well before I did not like the idea of Gibson. McKissick and Brian Robinson. Like, I I did not want to deal with that. But when there's only two now, now I like it. And it's always hard to figure out what's going to happen in game. But this, yeah, this is a game that they should win. So, this is a game where I could see, like, Gibson either falling into the end zone Mm -hmm. or grinding it out a a, Mm -hmm. a tad bit. Like, if they were playing the Chiefs, like, I'd be smashing McKissick. Yeah, it'd be a McKissick game. But I still do think, I still do think uh, that McKissick is still actually a pretty good play this week. I I really do think. Like, I think because he's one of those guys, like, they're going to design touches for him. You know, even though Wentz doesn't check it down as much, like, they paid him that much money and they trust him. You know, there may not be a trust factor there with Gibson just yet. So I don't think it's necessarily a lock that Gibson just gets a lot of touches because I've seen them give J.D. McKissick carries. Well, so first off, we need to figure this out. If it's a two-man backfield, they're both great plays. Gibson, because I think he's going to be the first running back. I'm saying this, and I would not be surprised whatsoever if the first, first running back that's trotted out this Sunday is McKissick. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Gibson could be that much in the doghouse, and we just yeah. don't even realize it yet. But he better not be returning kickoffs. <laughs> I, think still, I think they still have him go, returning kicks. So, um, but until I hear I hear anything different, um, and again, if it's still a two man backfield, I, I think both of them are great plays. Um, McKissick, I wouldn't mind playing regardless of the situation because Gibson fumbles once. It's the yeah. McKissick show the rest of the game. Yeah. Like, yeah. like it's not even a question, you know. Uh, and McKissick is going to get that password. Like you said, they 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 paid him a good amount of money, and they stole him away from Buffalo. Like, that's how much and, they valued him. And, so. and real talk, we need to figure out who the uh, RB2 slash 3 is for the uh, commanders. RB3, man. Stop being disrespectful. <laughs> so, so yeah, I think they're both great. But I, I've, I've actually drafted a lot of McKissick mm-hmm. a long time ago because I always felt like he was going to be the only one to get that passing down work. Um, mm-hmm. And I was just looking at his numbers in the past, and McKissick has had a pretty f- good floor in the games that he's played. Um, Jonathan Williams. Ooh. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> man, he he's, he's, he's okay, okay. I mean, you, I've seen you you've seen some flashes. Man, like is Jonathan Williams one fumble away? I mean, I think he's two fumbles <laughs> away, or two a fumble and an injury away. Yeah. I, I mean, Jonathan Williams has never really done anything. Yeah. Really. He's not yeah. anybody I'm really worried about. Yeah. Talent wise, it's still going to definitely be Gibson. But again, it, Gibson makes a mistake. Obviously, yeah. I guess it, yeah, more so like radar and okay, because you know Gibson isn't the most like sturdy back. So yeah, that's what's happening thing. on the radar. Happen, so yeah, yeah. So. Chase Edmonds, I'm just looking like he just posted uh, this gif, what, five hours ago. But this this gif about, you know, like him not really being injured because I was in a draft, bro. No, and no, I was no, wait, like, wait, wait. Finish that what you're saying? So, like, about him not really being injured because. Well, he's saying he's not really injured? Yeah, because reports came out that. that he, po- he, po- he posted the Trump gif. You can't uh, see yeah. my face, but, you know, the Trump. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, we like, all know that Trump, like, really? something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. yeah basically, okay. it's like, oh, so I'm injured? Oh, because you can't, you can't ignore right? Groin. Now, remember when we had the discussion it about... It was limited, though. It wasn't yeah, I know. Like it was, it was a limit, but remember we had the Rashad Penny discussion some weeks back? Yeah. It was a groin injury, and I told y'all, man, don't worry about it. We're still weeks away. It's no big deal. And I was right. You know, yeah, literally, yeah. Y'all almost forgot all about that discussion. <laughs> but now that we're days away... Yeah. Groin because like you were saying then a mm-hmm. groin is no you know no laughing matter. Yeah, yeah I pulled a groin man. That, that can linger. You don't never want to pull a groin. Yeah, man. yeah. We're, we're days away now. But he was limited also, so I feel mm-hmm. like if it was like serious, serious, like you wouldn't be limited. He might have injured it during the the practice though. Ah uh, man, I don't. know. If he injured it during the practice and he had to leave mid practice, then that would. I mean, I'm looking at this gift. And yeah. It's actually right below yours. Uh, I, I, no, uh, I didn't see that tweet. I didn't see that tweet. So it's below my tweet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. it's right below your tweet. Oh, really? <laughs> but uh, you what know, did I tweet today? Okay, yeah. But um, I, that's good news though. That, yeah. That's actually good news yeah. because I was a little concerned. Yeah, so I say I was in a draft like when that news dropped, or like I think it dropped maybe about an hour, and I'm just sitting here and I'm praying. I'm like, man, please like let everyone in my draft like, <laughs> you know see this dude and he didn't fall he didn't fall not even a little bit so. oh man the news don't move that fast man come on man was it a slow draft no it was man, a fast man people are not looking at the news while they're I wanted to oh, put, yeah, I yeah. wanted to put it in the like, message you were not drafted and looking at Twitter like, about Edmonds check NFL.com like my, my pick is coming I got us yeah. any new news no man that would have been too obvious right if I would have been no, like you y'all, put seen in the, the, y'all seen yeah. the Edmonds news <laughs> That would have been too obvious. <laughs> That's what you should have done. Guys, I, feel like, like, it, I feel like if somebody like, posted something like that, I would draft that player out of no, spite. You, know you, you should have been like, oh, no, Chase Edmonds. That's what you should have done right there. Exclamation point like six times. Right, right, right. People would have went crazy. Actually, that's a good way. Damn, I should have done yeah. that. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Right. For next time. So the league, the NFL season officially starts tomorrow. In FFPC, you get sort of like a free look tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, people don't take advantage of enough. Really? I think last year when we started talking about it, I don't think a lot of people were aware. Because huh. yeah. remember I told you first. I told you. I was aware. No, no, no. Maybe it was the year before that. Yeah. It was a Texans game. Probably the year before that, yeah. It was a Texans. I told you. And yeah. you didn't know. Yeah. You were like, damn, for real? And I think you wanted to find out. And then we yeah. found it. And I don't think anybody knew, right? Yeah. yeah. And I was like, Abby, don't tell nobody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did Abby don't do? Say. <laughs> <laughs> what did Abby do? Did you <laughs> But now I think it's more com- I, I still don't think everybody knows. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's a lot more common. Because yeah. I think that year with the Texans uh, Chiefs, I think that might have been the first year they did it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's low key why I had like so much Devin Singletary. Because I was I still kind of like liked the player, but I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? Kind of in the same tier as some of these guys. Let yeah, me just take yeah, him yeah. in the seventh, eighth, ninth round at times. Like yeah. you, know. you know what's crazy? The 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 teams playing in this first look game, mm-hmm. the players or the weapons they have on their team are all such great weapons that mm-hmm. people are just going to draft them regardless yeah. about whether it's a first look option or not. Yeah. So it really wasn't as beneficial this year as it was last year. That's See, why it's the later guys. So to me, it's like the guys like the Tyler Higbees. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It and was Van, Van Jefferson for me. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I had to drop so much happened. Van. I sort of see it the opposite way, though. Like... I sort of attach like my waiver wire that way. It's like, hey, since I get a free look, let me pick up, you know, a guy from, you know, Buffalo or from the Rams and let me start. In waivers? Uh, yeah, like yeah. in waivers and then plug them in. And I mean, it's not a lot. It's the same thing. Just, you know, like he just yeah. made yeah. score it's, a touchdown. It's the same thing. Yeah. It's the yeah. same thing. You pick up Lance McCutcheons? Man, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> somebody, I thought somebody asked you on Twitter the other day about one of the Rams you, you drafted. One of the, I don't even know these wide receivers for the Rams' names. Uh, well, I, I just I, I, just I haven't even gave them respect enough to actually because it's like some like weird like spelling name. I'm looking at Tutu Atwell and Ben Skoranek, and I just Skoranek, yeah, and I just remember Ben Skoranek dropping like wide open passes. I'm like, and just looking at him like this dude. Wait, it's another dude. Not be on those early drafts like Isaiah McKenzie is still available. There's another dude for the Rams, right? Lance something McCutcheon. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay. 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 I picked him, you know, it's 20th because I can pick him up in the 20th round because at this point, like, the board has been pushed up. There's just, like, not a lot in the 20th round. Mm-hmm. Not a lot. So much so that I'm, like, drafting defenses and kickers earlier. Normally, I would, like, wait till 19th, 20th. But the draft has been just so dried up that there's not a lot of guys that I'm, like, willing to, like, or, like, wanting to pick up or guys that I don't think I can pick up on, like, a second waiver right. run. So I'm like, you know what? Let me take a shot at this Thursday night game. And so then you if you draft him hit, for the first look. Like oh yeah, I just, oh yeah, yeah. This okay. is yeah, this is okay. guy. Like he will get dropped after. Like you're not Thursday. looking at long term. No, 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 okay. no, no. Unless I mean, if he balls out though, you know, I may hold on. You know, another week. I mean, if he scores a touchdown, because really, the, my whole thought process behind Van Jefferson was that the Bills secondary is weak. Uh, they're weak. They're starting. They're potentially starting a rookie. They're missing Tre'Davious White. Mm-hmm. Like and. You know, they have a pretty decent, like, front, you know, defensive front. And then when you look at the uh, the Rams, they're weak in their running game. Mm-hmm. Like, their line is, you know, you know, somewhat weak, but they're strong with their receivers and yeah. their quarterback. So if they're going to, like, be competitive in this game, and if I'm thinking I'm, you know, McVay, like, it's got to be through the air. And I'm just thinking, like, you always see Van Jefferson, like, there's a couple plays here. And I think he did it last year as well, like, streaking down, like, the middle of the field, like, on a deep post. Yeah. Uh, just like wide open, you know, off a play action pass because people are paying attention to, you know, the other two wide receivers, you know, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup at the time. So whoever that wide receiver is on that play, if he can like, you know, if he, you know, he goes two for 70 and a touchdown, like, boom, that's a starter right there. Okay, so let me tell y'all a good way to play this first look stuff, right? The way you, I would too recommend. Late. <laughs> this is for, oh, I'm not going to give it so they can use it now. This is this <laughs> next future year. reference. Yeah. This follow, next follow year. it away. Yeah, follow it away, right? Away. The best, a good, I'm not going to say the best way, but a good way of playing this, and this is you kind of going off the wall with, with the way you do things is, yeah. um, if you can, or in that first wave of wire run, draft both kickers. Draft, or if you can, and this is if you have the roster space. Say you have yeah. some bums on your team. Yeah. Draft both kickers. Consider drafting the defenses. Consider drafting some wide receiver threes, running back twos, running back threes. Yeah. Once the game plays out, if the, one of the kickers goes off, keep that kicker. Yeah. If both kickers are, str- are trash or both defenses are trash, drop them on the waiver wire run for Sunday. Hmm. Yeah. That's how you really get a good first look. Not so much filling the players that are being drafted anyways, yeah. mm-hmm. but, but these players that nobody's drafting, that you don't care whether you have them on your team or not, all, you, all you're doing is getting that one first week. Yeah. That kicker gives you 14 points. Yeah, and, and, in all honesty, the majority of the draft, you should not be basing it off the first week. Like, let me no, take no, this guy no, higher. No. no, this is more so if, if you drafted early, you're probably going to no, drop. No, I agree with you're you. probably going to yeah. drop these players, and you're like, you know what? I don't know yeah. who to pick up. Kind of like when you were yeah. talking about McCutcheon. Is that his yeah. name, McCutcheonson or something? Mm-hmm. Lance McCutcheon, yeah. McCutcheon. Okay, I think it's McCutcheon, so, somebody yeah. like him. A good play. Of course, he's not there. Draft the kickers because it's not going to be every year. The first game of the season is going to be one of the two highest yeah. potential offenses. Yeah. I think last year was was it the Dallas Bucks? 
yeah. last year. Mm-hmm. And the year before that, again, Texans Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, that Dallas Bucks, man, that caused, whew, I think Amari Cooper like was going like in the second round at times. Yeah, after the game, mm-hmm. yeah. right? But before the game, he was going to good value. Yeah. So, again, take advantage of those the, that first look, man, because you could really – and, again, it, there's no – there's no risk. Yeah. If they're nothing, if they're, if they're no good, just drop them on the next waiver wire run. Yeah. All right. So, guys, for our last topic, I kind of want to talk about, like, just projecting out to the future. Right? Yeah, because like, this is the finale. I don't even pe- think people know that. Well, we ain't yeah, doing yeah. this so, next week. So, like, this is our last. <laughs> we ain't doing this next week. Get it in right now. <laughs> getting in, <laughs> we're getting in the lab. Uh, so, this is going to be our last episode going forward. Let's project out a bit. Mm-hmm. We'll probably do another episode first quarter to talk about those, you know, like the first like we four did, games. Yeah. Right? We'll do it like we did last year. Maybe. Who do you think is going to be? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> who do you who, who do you think is going to be the surprise player of this first quarter? Someone that no one is really thinking about, but who's going to like really emerge as a top player in fantasy right now? That's a hard one. Not for me. I got a couple. Who you got? Uh, wide receiver, mm-hmm. uh, Sutton uh, is, is my guy. Uh, I think he's someone who could like really explode. Uh, tight end, uh, mm-hmm. Najoku. Uh, I think you know that's kind of been my dark horse uh, for a good majority. Um, and then running back wise, uh, no secret, Chase Edmonds and mm-hmm. or Mostert. Okay, I just think mm-hmm. that that backfield in general. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to add in one more wide receiver. He's not going late or anything, but people have just been kind of scared to draft him, so he just kind of settled in at the back end of the second round, and that's Tyreek Hill. So mm-hmm. it's really that Miami offense, I think, uh, is one that, I mean, you, you, everything that I'm hearing, it, it, the pieces that are in play, mm-hmm. you know, the coach, the system, uh, it just seems to all fit together for this offense to really potentially explode. Mm. Uh, so I, I've been just like trying to like get one, some piece of that offense. You know, yeah. I can't get Chase Edmonds. Let me try to get Mostert. You know, let me try to get Tyreek Hill. Let me even like reach for him for a little bit. Let me not be scared to draft him at the back end or mid second. Um, so that's been an offense that I've been getting in. I, I don't have really much, if any, Waddle, uh, which may be a mistake. Uh, but you know, he's just going so high. So th- those those are my guys uh, as far as kind of you know. Guys that may show out. All right, Daya? So for me, I like. Um, I guess I don't have specific players names wise, but I have you know groups of players. Specifically, the rookie wide receivers. I think this whole draft season they were going way too late. Mm-hmm. Um, these rookie wide receivers. Once we actually see them on the field in competitive action, you're going to realize how much we've undervalued them. We're talking about your Wanda Robinsons, your Jahan Dotsons, mm-hmm. your Traylon Burks. Maybe even Drake Lennon, even though I think he's the highest wide mm-hmm. rookie wide receiver going. All these rookies, Romeo Dobbs, George Pickens, all these guys, the only reason their value is so low is because we haven't seen them out on the field yet. Once they stake their claim as far as being the number one wide receiver and number two wide receiver, once they dominate in those roles, their value is going to shoot up. I mm-hmm. mean, you can look yeah. at the way we're drafting now compared to guys that were in the NFL draft last year, Jamar Chase. Uh, Kadarius Tony, yeah, uh, you know players like that. Who else am I forgetting? Uh, I don't even remember what, what other rookie wide receivers were last year. But these guys are going a fair amount higher now, all because we finally were able to see them on the field. Um, so I think those guys by week three, week four, and I don't know which one. I'm not mm-hmm. going to say this specific guy is going to be the one, but I wouldn't be surprised if you know a few of them end up showing out quite a bit. Um, the next. 
is going to be, and again, a group of players. But, but no, like give us some specifics. Like that's too safe. A group of players. Well, I mean, right. I could. He's trying, he's trying to hedge. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> not, not really a hedge, but. In fact, we're not going to hold you to it. So, this I mean, a just episode, give us a guy. Come on, every, every, Everybody's situation is unique, so I, I can't really I know, say but this we're projecting out. I know, we're projecting out. But, but. I'm not gonna hold you. I'm not gonna hold no, you to uh, it. But it has to be a group because I see them all the same. I see them all just like the w- rookie wide receivers. I don't see any difference between Dotson and, and Wandell. They're they're pretty much the same type of person. Okay. And same thing can be said about the second string running backs that I still think you can get extremely late, like your Dontrell Hilliard. Like okay, mm-hmm. Hilliard is one. I like right. Hilliard. I like Eno's role. I think mm-hmm. these are guys that we know they're not going to be the workhorse, but the workhorse in front of them is not going to take all the snaps and all the carries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And these are guys that are going to be the next man up, and they're going extremely late. Like, these are guys that you can actually play when you're in a pinch, mm-hmm. you know, right now. And if an injury occurs, because I mentioned something uh, on Twitter a week ago, this is the first offseason I can recall where there was not a major injury to any mm-hmm. high-end running back. You know, because mm-hmm. the, the big thing about zero running back is you try to take these high end wide receivers mm-hmm. and you you kind of bet on the fragility, fragility of the running back position. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to get hurt and one of those late running backs would be able to supplant that value. While and again, going last year, we saw it happen with Akers going down, mm-hmm. Dobbins going down, ETN going down. These are guys that were drafted high. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you have this, you know, this coal on your roster. Um those injuries that we expected in the offseason are going to probably occur mm-hmm. in the first week of the season. And these guys I just mentioned, I really do think so. their I value is going agree. to skyrocket up, yeah. sky, skyrocket up. So, so though, cause I, and I'm mentioning them because I think we kind of forgot about these backup running backs, you yeah. know? Um, All right. I, I would, I would definitely try to keep stacking them. As far as tight ends, mm-hmm. you mentioned a fair amount of tight ends. Conklin, y'all know is my dude. He's yeah. always going to be my dude. Johnu Smith, uh, uh, Mo Ali Cox, uh, Brevin Jordan. Uh, I, I'm hesitant to, to even bring his name up, but I think if Brevin Jordan can can come into his own as far as you know, once because he's gonna get the opportunity. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. He's gonna get the opportunity, which is why I'm bringing him up. But if he doesn't take advantage of it, he's gonna fall into the abyss. But if he does, mm-hmm. he's gonna be pretty good value as well. Um, and as far as the quarterbacks, Mariota, I think, is a guy mm. that could be – if he keeps the job, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way I expect him to use his legs, mm-hmm. he has Konami code written all over him. Yeah, They're most likely going to be losing a lot of games, which means he's going to need to throw the ball a lot as well. So now you're getting Konami code running as well as garbage time stat padding. Yeah. You know, he's a guy that's probably undrafted. So all those guys there, um, defensive-wise, don't sleep on the Lions, don't sleep on the Texans. Um, and kickers, a kicker is a kicker. Go follow Linda. Uh, <laughs> Lutz. Follow Lutz for the kicker. Yeah. Mm, I like Elliott uh, with Philly. Don't sleep on that Browns kicker, man, Katie York. I like what yeah. I've seen. I mean, he was drafting the fourth round. Ain't too many yeah. kickers that are drafted. I just don't know if they're going to be in the red zone too much uh, with uh, <laughs> Maybe with they, they might have a hard time punching it in. I mean, this guy can kick. From deep, like they can have an offense where, like, hey, just get yeah. to the forty, and <laughs> just give us the kick. We'll, we'll, that's we'll take it. You only need two sixty-yard field goals. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys. Like before we head out, uh, let's give some thanks, shout-outs to people who we know in the fantasy community who has helped us with the pod, just helped us, you know, like had us on their show. 
uh, this season. Uh, specifically, I do want to give thanks to the guys at Go District. Yeah. Um, because uh, there were a couple episodes where I think we streamed, and they kind of helped me kind of you know do the technology portion on that. So I really yeah. appreciate that. Those guys are always gracious and helpful. I like yes, sir. About that. So, would you guys have any uh, shout outs for the season? Yeah, Go District, uh, shout out uh, Muzio. Uh, thanks for oh, yeah, shout allow- out to yeah, yeah. yeah uh, thanks for allowing us to be a part of the uh, best ball attorney. Uh, yeah. We uh, very, very much appreciate it. Okay. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Tejas uh, and Fan Up. Uh, you know, I think we're going to start talking about that. Or at least I will start talking about that uh, format. Mm-hmm. Uh, something very unique uh, for drafters who or just kind of looking for a different type of competition that is not saturated uh, with analysis, saturated with players who are, you know, entering multiple lineups and have sort of kind of the system figured out. Uh, You know, it's a very unique format, in my opinion, with a a good payout, uh, with not a, you know, significantly like high rate, uh, and it's fun and easy. So check out the uh, app FanUp. Also uh, would like to give a shout out basically to all of the listeners all the followers, um, you know, we do this mostly for fun. Uh, Mm -hmm. We're not charging anybody anything. You know, every day we joke and laugh about like, uh, you know, we we find it odd that people actually listen to us. (laughs) (laughs) We find it odd that like, you know, uh, you know, we're getting downloads. uh, And this is the second year for us doing it. Uh, It's been a huge learning curve. We've learned a lot this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think we have some like really, really amazing ideas for next year. And, you know, one thing I, you know, I know we all like to kind of keep some of the info to ourselves, but, uh, you know, I really would appreciate at least if we can kind of expand and, you know, uh, increase our followers. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're following, please share, maybe not necessarily, I guess, the people in your league, if you don't want, but please share to as many people as you can, uh, like subscribe, just, you know, say, Hey, you know, uh, these some guys who are like, uh, you know, if we helped you out, if we didn't help you out, obviously just, you know, unfollow, but (laughs) if we did help you out, you know, share, you know, share, share the pod, uh, you know, anything that we can try to do to grow, uh, it also help us kind of, uh, you know, better our format uh, and better our pods for you guys uh, moving forward. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I just shout out the listeners. You know, it's really yeah. Well, that is a shout out to me. nobody. Just, I just shout out the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I just shout out the whole group right, of people. Yeah. No, right. Oh, oh right. one last shout out. Yeah, Wait, shout out I'm, to... I'm giving my shout oh, out. Okay, okay, good, good, well, good. Damn, I forgot. You <laughs> know, you know, you like you're giving. No, for real, shout out the viewers and the listeners. Really, we do it for y'all. We're not really doing it for. Any other experts? We're not. We're really not even doing it for people that are good at fantasy. Well, mm-hmm. me personally, I, I'm trying to do it for people that you know aren't in the know. That want to get that edge. You know, mm-hmm. they want to even get involved with fantasy in you know in the early stages because you know I think this is a, a fun game where you know when people play it and they actually understand certain aspects of it, certain certain skill sets. You know, mm-hmm. it can take them a long way. And yeah. it can be profitable. You know, there's not everybody that's in the high-stakes realm like we are. I didn't start off in the high-stakes realm. I had to kind of be pulled in by Abby. Um, but, you know, it's it's really one of those things where, you know, you just get into the pool and just, you know, it's nice. You know, it's not something that's something you can't do. Um, so, you know, I appreciate people listening. I appreciate people watching. Like Abby said, it's always weird for us to kind of sit back and think people are actually – listening to our shows because, I mean, we're just talking football just like everybody else out there just 
probably talking football. Uh, we're talking about the way we view things, which can be right or wrong. Uh, I don't really think being right or wrong is really as important as just having a process and just kind of mm -hmm. being able to think things through, being able to bounce ideas with people that think a little different than you, just so you can, you know, you know, realize they are wrong, but realize, you know, a different way of viewing things. So, um, yeah, so that's my shout out right there. Also, shout out to my mom, my dad, sisters, frat brothers, right, cousins, right. wife, right, kids, everybody. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, guys. That's our season finale uh, for this season. <laughs> trying to get us in trouble. Right, right. right. Shout out to family, friends, <laughs> loved ones, significant other. Like, please uh, like, rate, subscribe. We're out. Uh, yes, sir. Uh,